This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Today, I'm going to talk about trends in coaching, trends in coaching, because I'm seeing some really remarkable and very, very interesting changes to coaches and coaching, and even by extension through to coach education, coach training, and coach development. Coaching is the art of inspiring change through emotional connection. Coaching, if you like, is change. Why do you go to a life coach? to change something about your life? Why do you go to a financial coach or a business coach to change something about your finances, something about your business? Why do you go to a rugby coach to change something about your rugby, physical, mental, technical, tactical, some element of your understanding of playing the game, rugby coaching is change. That's what we do and coaches are the masters of change. And we do it by building quality relationships with human beings to understand what it is they're looking for from the experience to then create the opportunity in the environment for them to be all they can be to the limit and extent of their talent and to the full extent of their dreams and aspirations. That's what we do. Coaches change. People come to us for change, we build relationships, we connect, engage, and then we inspire their hearts and minds to believe that anything's possible. And that's not going to, pardon the pun, change. That's what coaching is. It is all about change, improvement, learning, growth. It's all those things. And those things will be consistent. Doesn't matter where you are in the world, what level of athlete you're working with. Doesn't matter whether you're a life coach, a business coach, a marriage coach. Doesn't matter what you're in. That's fundamental to coaches and coaching. However, I'm seeing some big changes in the industry and they've been coming for a long, long time. And some coaches are already onto them and are driving them forward as part of their coaching in this era. And others are starting to warm the fellow. I thought I'd pull it all together and say, look, these are some of the trends that I see that are happening in coaching now, and I believe will continue well into the future. So let's talk about them. Perhaps if I had to put it all into the one bucket, I believe we're shifting from what I call compliance coaching, which is I say you do, the telling and yelling model of coaching, where coaches would say, you will do 10 of these and don't ask me why and don't ask for further feedback, just do. I think we're moving from telling and yelling coaching away from compliance coaching to what I call coaching the art of choice, coaching the beauty of choice, coaching the power of choice, where we're shifting from saying to athletes, you will do this, to working with athletes and asking them questions and understanding athletes and showing them the value and the benefit of them owning their own planning, preparation, practice and performance by them choosing to do things a certain way, for them choosing to do things to a standard that's consistent with their goals, consistent with their aspirations, consistent with their motivation. We've shifted from compliance coaching to choice-based 
coaching, coaching the power of choice rather than just do what I say, do it now, and that's what coaching is all about. And to me, that's that's such an important fundamental shift in coaching because so much of what we've done over many, many years has been based on compliance, on people completing a number of sets and reps and routines, volume, intensity, frequency. Now we're very much into the era of engagement and choice. So what does it actually look like? Let's go into that a little bit further. The first big shift that I see is towards what we call soft skills. And I'm hoping one day that I'll come up with a better term or someone else because soft skills really aren't all that soft. Soft skills are fundamental to coaches, coaching, and athletes. They're so part of, inherent to what we do every day. The problem with soft skills has always been that I can coach endurance, I can coach flexibility, I can coach agility, I can coach speed, I can coach strength. But as important as we believe the soft skills like commitment and dedication and resilience and confidence, as important as we know those things are, they've been very difficult to coach. They're not as easy to observe or measure or count as doing laps or lifting weights or doing circuits or spending an hour doing a particular skill practice. So as a result, they've been hard to quantify, they've been hard to tie down, they've been hard to coach, and they've also been hard to coach coaches how to do, but it's a fundamental shift that I'm seeing in the coaching industry. So the question for you is, what are the soft skills that are important? So things like confidence and commitment, can you coach confidence and commitment? And how can you, will you coach confidence and commitment. I believe it is relatively simple once you decide what confidence and commitment actually are, or mental skills, resilience, whatever the soft skill is, once you've got a working definition of what you believe the soft skills are, you can then find ways of incorporating the coaching of soft skills into your daily practice. For example, My model for confidence is confidence is belief times evidence. My model for coaching commitment is that in any given situation, an athlete who is committed and you give them a choice between doing things the easy way, the shortcut way, or the right way, the better way, they will choose to do things the right way and the better way. So that's my conceptual model, just of two of the soft skills, and I have much, much more on soft skills on my online courses program and much more about it on my websites, social media and so on. But conceptually, for the purpose of this podcast, there is a shift towards coaching the soft skills and incorporating them into the daily practice of coaches and athletes. The second great shift that I'm seeing in coaching right now, the big trend that I see is this. We've moved to what I call relationship-based coaching. This is particularly important when you're trying to work effectively with individuals in a team sport environment. But we've moved very much to what I call relationship-based coaching, where it's not about the big things. It's not about the colours, it's not about the team, it's not about the club, it's not about facilities and infrastructure, it's about 
the relationships that you as a coach have with each of the athletes that you work with. We're very much in the environment of relationship-based coaching. I was doing live media in New Zealand a few weeks ago, and in that process, we take questions from listeners. And one of the listeners asked me a question. They said, is it possible with all this focus on wellness and well-being and holistic lifestyle management of athletes to still focus on performance? And I said, absolutely, and more than ever, because to build an effective wellness, well-being, lifestyle-based whole coaching environment, I need to have a strong relationship with each of my athletes. I need to spend time listening to them, looking at them, spending time with them, giving them direct, honest and open feedback in the context with which they are executing the skill or the situation where they need that feedback, where I'm working with them in context on the field and in other environments, where I'm taking moments and grabbing opportunities to build relationships. These things can't be built on being in a room and everybody having what we call a loving or a love fest, where everybody agrees to do the same thing the same way, to the same degree at the same time. That doesn't work. Relationship-based coaching is where my level of understand, the degree of listening that I have with my athletes, the way that I spend time understanding them as human beings is the real foundation and the cornerstone of my coaching success. So we've moved very much from coaching large groups as large groups to holding meetings to holding workshops and seminars to doing breakaway weekends to doing those things to saying, how do I build better, stronger, more relevant, more meaning, quality relationships with every athlete and with every person that is part of my coaching program? Number three, for the last 30 or 40 years, the basis of coach education from grassroots level up has been sports science, sports medicine. Go to any sport, any coaching course, at level one, level two, level three, or whatever your naming, your nomenclature is, go to any course, coaching course, and it's based largely on physiology, biomechanics, skill acquisition, periodization and planning, a little bit on how to coach, and then how to pull it all together in an annual plan. And for a long time, certainly in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s, so many people in coaching and all sports believed that it was sports science, sports medicine that drove coaching and not the other way around. And what I believe now is that sports science, sports medicine is obviously important. It's critically important, but it's not the only thing and it's not the most important thing. You know, I often like to say to people when they talk to me about participation, the only kid who doesn't get better is the one who's not there. And it doesn't matter how great your sports science, sports medicine, elite athlete pathway model might be if they're not coming because they hate the sport or they don't want to do the sport or they're not enjoying the sport or their friends are not playing the sport. It doesn't matter how much investment you've got in sports science, sports medicine, technology, if they're not coming. And what I'm seeing is that sports and sporting organisations and coaches are now getting onto this. 
And it's not to diminish the importance or the role or the potential impact of sports science, sports medicine on high performance sport. But for kids 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, even 13, 14 years of age, sports science is of relatively low importance. And what is important is relationships, is the environment, is friendships, is enjoyment, is learning, and is quality coaching. And when the kids get to 14, 15, 16, and they've made a commitment, some of them, to be aspirational and play for their country, to win gold medals, whatever it might be, of course, surround them with outstanding sports science, sports medicine, innovation. But where I think the industry has gone in terms of coaches, we now see sports science as a valuable tool, an important tool, but not the only tool. And I'm very pleased to see that philosophy now reflected in coach education, training and development programs. That instead of having coaches come in on Saturday morning for a coaching course, instead of doing two hours of physiology, two hours of biomechanics, two hours of skill acquisition, two hours of periodization, is they're coming and they're talking about why do I coach? What's the philosophy of coaching? What is it about coaching that makes me want to coach? How do I connect and engage with kids? How do I build quality relationships with the parents of young athletes? How do I keep them safe? How do I make it learning and engaging? Because that's what coaching is about. And sports science is just another tool. Sports science is important, but it's not the only thing. The fourth thing I'm seeing and I've got to give great credit to the younger, the, the passionate young sports science, sports medicine practitioners who are coming through, the young coaches, who are looking at what I call sports big truths, coaches big truths, things like periodization, the way we teach skill, the relative importance of physiology and VO2 max, and some of those broad concepts, aerobic threshold, anaerobic threshold the way that muscle fibres work, a lot of those concepts that we thought were written in stone. What I'm seeing now is that coaches are looking and say, well, no, 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 no. Periodization doesn't have to be one week, four weeks, three months, one year. Periodization was a great concept and still is to a point, but it was all based around the calendar. It was all based around the working week, the working month, the calendar quarter, the financial quarter, and the annual calendar. And what I'm seeing with coaches now is they're going, well, it's not about the calendar. It's not about putting the athlete and making the athlete fit the calendar. It's about making the calendar fit the athlete. I often say to my periodization-based colleagues, I'll say, show me the evidence that says that every athlete in your program adapts to your training program at 6 a.m. Monday morning so you can move on to the next microcycle. And we're seeing coaches produce elite level success and get consistent results without using any periodization or with using 20-day, 16-day, 19-day, 8-day microcycles or doing two microcycles in a seven-day period or using no microcycles whatsoever, but just working and responding to the specific needs and changes in adaptation of individual athletes. We're also looking at the way we teach skills, the old do it repetitiously, just try to get better by repetition, that model. 
has been challenged significantly. We're now looking at creating more game-based, and that's been around for a while, more relevant skills development experiences. We're involving athletes in the skills learning experience. We're saying to them, how could I make this faster? How could we make it shorter? How could we get a better accuracy? So we're involving athletes instead of just doing mindless, mindless repetition. We're changing the way we teach skills. We're creating a bit of chaos and havoc. We're allowing athletes to learn skills and then use their skills they've just learned to solve problems and make decisions, which is so important in the overall learning system. And we've shifted from just focusing entirely on repetition in skills, hoping that we'll get a textbook perfect. There is no such thing as textbook perfect. There is no perfect skill execution. There's what works. There's what's effective. The only athlete whose textbook perfect is the athlete whose picture appears in the textbook. Everybody else, we figure out what it works, as my great friend and unfortunately recently deceased Gennady Turetsky would say, every athlete is different, every technique is different. And I strongly believe that's where we're going. We're becoming more adaptable and not accepting the blind this must be the way, this is the only way all athletes should do this to what works for this athlete here and now. And the next change that I'm seeing is around physiology. When I first got involved in coaching and coach education in the 1980s, everything was about VO2 max. Everything was about anaerobic threshold. Everything was about muscle fiber type distribution. Everything was about mitochondria. We basically coached from a physiology-driven model because I could see it, I could measure it, I could count it, I could impact on it, I could change training load, I could alter volume, intensity, frequency and see it immediately. What I'm seeing more now is what we call the integrated training model, very much around everything physical has a mental, emotional skill component. Everything we do physically has to include a level of engagement, choice, mental skill, execution, performance under pressure, and so on. I don't see many situations except for some very, very closed type skill execution like maybe throwing a dart or doing a single bench press or something. And even those have got a technical, tactical, mental, emotional component. Nothing is physiology only. It still surprises me that the number one topic that I get asked about through social media, through email, through calls and so on is physiology-based. How many of these should we do? At what age should we start doing strength training? What's the right number of squats for a 14-year-old backstroker to do? I get more of those type of questions than anything else. But the message is simple. The coaches who are moving coaching forward, who will be the coaches who influence Sport and coaching into the future are those who've adopted the integrated model. Everything physical has a mental element. And the fifth thing I'm seeing in these large trends in coaching around the world is this. We've moved from treating athletes as athletes to working with them as partners. We see them as partners in their practice, in their planning, their preparation, their potential and their performance. We see athletes as adopting a level of choice, of responsibility, accepting the accountability that flows from that and helping them to accept and own 
their own practice and performance. We've gone from saying you will do this to saying how can you do that? How can that work better for you? What is it that you think you could do to make this more effective? We're partnering with athletes rather than coaching at athletes. And as I said from the outset of this podcast, we're very much shifted, and this is this is one of the most important concepts, is this we've, we're using an empowerment model and a partnership model with our athletes. We've shifted from compliance-based coaching to choice-based coaching by presenting them with options, by teaching the importance of accepting the responsibility for their own direction in sport, teaching them the power of that choice in determining the outcome that they seek and then coaching in from a partnership perspective where we're working together for exactly the same outcome to make sure that the experience is the one they're looking for, that they see it as meaningful, relevant, important, powerful and enjoyable and we're working with them to help them be all they can be. So let's go over that once more. I believe we've made a fundamental shift from compliance-based coaching, do as I say, to choice-based coaching. We're coaching the power of, the importance of, the relevance of, the strength of athletes choosing to choose. The way that looks is I believe we've shifted very much towards coaching soft skills as not an extra thing or a workshop or having someone who's an expert in confidence come in into incorporating the coaching of soft skills like confidence, commitment, resilience, passion, leadership, to coaching of those things as part of what we do in our workout design, our planning, our structures, our systems, our models. Soft skills have gone from being secondary to being absolutely primary. Two, I believe we're in the era of relationship-based coaching. It's not about the group. It's not about the team. It's not about the colors. It's about the relationship and the power and strength and relevance and, and, and depth and quality of the relationships that coaches have with athletes. Thirdly, Sports science, sports medicine, I believe, now is in its proper place. It has a significant role at high performance and elite level, but with the majority of coaches working with kids from five or six years of age up to mid-teens, sports science, sports medicine is just another tool. It is not the only thing. It is not a shortcut. It is not going to give you some surprise answer that you didn't think of. It's just something that you can use as a coach in specific situations to maybe give you some element of measurement or some sort of feedback on what you're already seeing and feeling and knowing to be true because of the relationship you've already got with the athletes. Fourth, it's wonderful to see so many coaches challenging coaching truths, challenging periodization, challenging skills teaching, challenging the physiology-based coaching model and shifting towards the integrated, holistic, whole-of-athlete coaching model. And number five, we've gone from coaching at athletes to partnering with athletes to help them realise their dreams and to help them be all that they can be. This is Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com. We'll be right back.